You are listening to the Flea Flicker Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Flea Flicker NFL Show. I think it's episode 14. Uh, I'm your host, Ari Umar, and today I'm joined with my other host, Amal Ronak. What's up, Amal? How are you doing? What's up, man? Uh, how are you doing? Solid. How's quarantine treating you? Uh, so far, so good, I guess. In this day, I don't even know. I can't keep track of the days that we've been stuck at home. But, yeah, it's been rough. I was happy that we could catch, we could catch up, though, yesterday. That yeah, was, that was a fun walk we had yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it, it takes, I mean, we haven't seen each other, like, in over, like, months. So, it was definitely needed. Yes, sir. Um, so today, I just want to hop into like some NFL news we missed out on the last couple weeks. Um, I want to talk about our wide receiver rankings because I actually sat down and watched like 20, over 20 guys play wide receiver. So I feel like I'm sort of qualified to talk about them. And I want to hop into some NFL draft storylines. So let's hop right into it. Um, All right, let's go for it. Any news you want to talk about? Other uh, than the CMC deal, Christian McCaffrey getting his four-year, $64 million deal, I think it was. Yeah, that, that was pretty big. Uh, I think now, I think once each running back gets, like, their breakout year, they immediately get paid. And that's a big contract that they're having. And the last one, the last running back to have that big contract, Zeke, the following year, he didn't really pan out to be as And before great. that, it was Todd Gurley, too. Right? And before that was Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley now, this past year, was not playing up to up to par, and he even got cut. So He's not even on the Rams anymore. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Do I obviously think he deserves to be the highest paid running back? I say yes because he is, in my opinion, the best running back in football. So it it, it would make if I was in his perspective, I'd want to be paid that much, and I think he would have to be paid that much in order for the uh, Panthers to keep him. And you wouldn't want to tag the guy, so that's their only option. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they get, giving him a contract early might be smarter just because the cap just went up with the new CBA. It went up to, I believe, 49% from 48%, so you're getting a ton more money. And it goes up like $10 million every year. So I think in general, probably paying players early is like a good rule of thumb, like what the Eagles did with Carson Wentz and the – the Rams did with Jared Goff, but I don't know if a running back is worth paying it just because it's the most physical position in football and you get hurt so often, I feel like. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of value, I don't know if he's necessarily worth that much to the team. I mean, to be fair, the Panthers, that offense basically runs around him, so I can kind of see that, but the lifeline of a running back isn't that long, so... Even four years, sixty-four million. I doubt he'll be playing all four years at that same high level because there's always going to be injuries and everything. I hope he does, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if he will. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see like all the other running back contracts haven't worked. I think CMC is potentially better than all those other guys, except maybe Todd Gurley back in like 2018. I think it was, but yeah, I agree. I think he. I think Todd Todd Gurley's season was amazing, and I thought I thought he would carry it on, but then the arthritis thing came up, and even right as that arthritis news broke, I think uh, 
like even in that that amazing offensive player of the year season that he was having right when that news broke that he had arthritis his like season actually started declining like in the playoffs he was like not even that great like in the Super Bowl CJ Anderson had more had more attempts so I remember um Philly played him that year so uh, that 2018 year and Gurley he had some sort of a knee issue and this is before the whole arthritis thing came out and he pretty much sat out after the first quarter and we pretty much won that game because of him not playing and I think it pretty much started from that like week 14 whatever it was game where he really like that arthritis started hitting him so it'll be interesting to see how like CMC doesn't have any sort of like torn ACLs or anything like that that I'm aware of which is one of the risk factors for arthritis uh, at least what some like um doctors think which is what caused the arthritis for Todd Gurley but he's a running back and I, I don't think paying running backs are worth it in the long run but he's worth it like as a player yeah yeah so like I mean so right now the Eagles right now have Miles Sanders going back to your point of not having the value Eagles have Miles Sanders now and let's say he was to break out if not this year next year he breaks out and has a year similar to, like, let's say, Ezekiel Elliott. I'd expect him after that year, after his rookie contract's done, to get that type of money. Would you not agree? Yeah, I mean, he definitely, if he improves from his rookie season and plays at, like, a pretty high level, he's definitely going to get paid. I don't know if he's going to be paid, like, top running back money, but he's definitely going to be paid more than, like, market value. Maybe. And I don't know if it's worth it. Like, maybe tag value, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Running backs, like, look at Melvin Gordon. He he held out thinking he was going to get a ton of money, didn't get it, and then he ended up signing a pretty low-money deal with the Broncos. Someone like Le'Veon Bell, he got less money after his holdout than he would have gotten from the Steelers originally. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, another storyline, I guess, that we could talk about is uh, Dak Prescott. How uh, he's holding these – He's, he's, he's denying that he held a party for that big, but, I mean, I thought that he that was pretty stupid altogether. I don't know. What do you think? It's not franchise QB material, everyone. Heard it here first from the bias <laughs> <people's> <laughs> man. So, so he's right now – he right now got, is tagged, right? And everyone is saying that the man should get paid, right? So in my perspective, I don't personally believe he's that great – where he deserves to get that much uh, money as a quarterback that's like not playing at that high of a level. Like I, I don't I don't think he's playing at uh at let's say Carson Wentz's level or he's not playing at I think he's probably slightly he's better than Jared Goff. So I think to value to franchise maybe he can get paid that much. But he's asking for like money higher than Russell Wilson. So I don't know if he's worth that. Mm. I don't think I, don't I think he's definitely but not he, worth. But he he he, he has he has the burden of playing for nation America's team, so maybe in that aspect, you'd have to pay him. I mean, but it's like it's pretty stupid. I don't think I think you should just take the tag money. I don't, I don't know if he's worth anything more than that. But in his perspective, I think uh, I think uh, he should go after every dollar he can get. So I think uh, he should be around. I'd expect him to get a deal done, and I think he would get paid around Russell Wilson money, even though I don't think he's worth it. 
Okay, I have an idea for you. So, like you said, he plays for America's team, right? Yeah. So, what if he so – most – just a general rule of thumb, when you pay your quarterback, like the first four years of that rookie deal, first five years, whatever it is, those are like the key – that's like the key time frame to win a Super Bowl. You saw the Eagles do it with Carson Wentz, even though he wasn't starting that game. You saw the Rams do it with Jared Goff. You saw it like what the, what the – what the, Chiefs are doing with Patrick Mahomes right now. Like they're they're building around that that you know cheap rookie deal, getting good higher paid players around them, and they're building a team like that. And so they the Cowboys, I think me and you can both agree they haven't really preyed on that window that they like the way they should have. They should have definitely you know at least made a championship game, maybe even made a Super Bowl, but they didn't. And sure, you can chalk that up to Jason Garrett or whatever, but just the way they built their team was not smart. And Dak Prescott wasn't really good the last two seasons either. So here's my thing. If Dak wants to get paid, right, I think he should take less money. Like take take $30 million. Yeah, it's not a ton of money. It's not, it's not like you're not – you're making a ton of money still. But it's not like, you know, like Russell Wilson, like I'm the best quarterback on the market type of money. From there, the Cowboys can save some of that money, maybe invest it back into the team, right? And they're going to start winning. And when they start winning – He's the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. He's going to make so much more in like advertisements and all that type of stuff. I don't know. I feel like he could get paid a good he – yeah, he yeah. could get paid a ton of money from that while not completely like, you know, blowing up that team by making them pay him like $40 million or whatever he is, which I don't think he's going to get paid. I think he's going to get paid like 34-ish probably, something like that. Which is around, which is around Wilson area, 34 yeah. or 34. Yeah, that's what I said. I think he will get paid. I, I, I agree with that strategy. If I were the Cowboys, I'd do the same thing. But I think uh, I think in, outside appearance-wise, I know Dak's probably wanting his money now than later. So I think uh, I'm assuming he'll get the money now. But I think you're absolutely right when you say that uh, it's probably best that he gets the t- he takes the tag. He's like, whatever, that's fine. And uh, – and if he does really well with the team that he has around him this year, uh, because of the money they saved from not paying him this year, and maybe he can get paid big money next year, where he actually is worth the $35 million. So I, I don't know. Maybe, I think what you're saying is right, though. I think uh, it's best that he takes the tag, moves on, has a great season this year with the Cowboys, and uh, if they reach their goals this year, maybe get to the championship game. And uh, I guarantee you, I think Dak will get paid big bucks. So, yeah. Okay, that's enough Cowboys talk for me. I'm about to throw up a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I, I hit the Cowboys too. So <laughs> I, didn't want, I didn't want to give the goals of championship game and Cowboys in the same sentence. But, I mean, hey, they got a talented team. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so do you want to talk about the OBJ rumors? Because it's, it's kind of odd to me. Oh yeah, that's that's quite weird. Uh, I think that's that's weird. I, there's multiple uh, sources saying that the rumors are true that OBJ and the Vikings have been talking. I mean, the Browns and the Vikings have been talking uh, involving the wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and sending him even they even gave the details of the trade, like a second and a fifth. Uh, I think it'd be it'd be stupid if the Browns did that. Now, especially, because, I mean, it's only been one year. 
and I don't think instantly you can tell if it if it's gonna if it's not gonna work right now just off one year. And that too, I think you have the worst form of your quarterback. I guarantee you, Baker can't get worse than that. And uh, if he does get worse than that, they need to look for a quarterback. I don't know if you're with me on that. <laughs> oh no, but, I agree. Uh, I, I really like Baker actually. I think I, he's... I like I like Baker too. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he'll ever. I don't think he'll have a worse season than last year. And if he does, like I said, go get a new quarterback, and then you can ask for a trade. Uh, but I'm seeing a lot of other rumors saying that the Browns are inev- inevitably going to trade Odell at some point this season. Whether the rumors are true or not true, uh, there's multiple reports that are saying that he he will get traded at some point. I Whether don't think that's a good move for the uh, for well, the Browns yeah, I don't, uh, at all. I don't. I also don't. Agree. I also don't think it's a good move for the Browns at all. I think uh, it it hurts their team big time. I think they lose a weapon, and they just added Cooper. So I think that receiving core is insane. Uh, I think if Baker just improves, because the Nick Chubb is was nuts last year, absolutely crazy, and now they just kept Kareem Hunt as he signed the tender. And uh, they added Hooper. Their defense, I think, got better. So, I mean, I don't see how they won't be successful as long as Baker does his job. And then if Baker does his job, I know for a fact Odell's going to want to stay there. And he would never want to get traded. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you say there. And I think trading away OBJ, at least this early, because – I don't know. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure the Giants are still shelling out a good portion, like percentage of that contract. Like obviously not a majority of it, but you're not paying OBJ's full contract currently, and yeah. you're getting him at maybe a slightly discounted rate than you would normally. And it was one year under Freddie Kitchens, who had no clue what he was doing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So, um, do you want to move on to? Do you want to talk about like our wide receiver rankings right now, or? Uh, yeah, we can do that. I think there's not really other any major NFL news per se. Um, yeah, we can get going with that. Um, how do you want to do this? So like we read off like our number one. I I read my one, you read your one, and then we debate about it or whatever. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Okay, sure. Let's drop into it. I I think my number one was C.D. Lamb. I think that is also your number one. Yep, uh, I have CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Um, so I really like CeeDee Lamb. He's, in my opinion, he's, in my opinion, the safest wide receiver to pick. He's, he's got great body, great physique. Uh, last season, he had 62 receptions for 1,327 yards and 14 touchdowns. Uh, amazing stats there coming out of quarterback uh, Jalen Hurts. And uh, I think uh, he's got great potential. I, I really like what I'm seeing there. I think he could be the next DeAndre Hopkins if everything goes right. I really like his, like, yards after catch. Like, that's for me is, like, he's so, he's so good at that. He's so good at getting open. He's probably one of the better route runners in this class. And he has really good ball skills. Like, I, you can see him. He goes up and makes a ton of – contested 50-50 catches. He's probably, like you said, the safest player in this draft. And honestly, uh, I think it's probably interchangeable. I think our top four, just looking at our list side by side right now, 
they're identical. I think our fourth player is going to have a lot of people probably mad at us, but our top three, we can just say our, our my top three is at least Lambs, Judy, and Rugs, and that's your top three as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think that'll be everyone's top three, most people's top three, I should say. Uh, number two, though, we do have Jerry Judy, I think. From uh, Bama. He's also great. Uh, wide receiver. I think they'll both be great wide receivers, both uh, uh, Judy and uh, Lamb. I think they'll both uh, kill it in the league, uh, depending on also who they have at quarterback. But I think uh, even, even even then, I think they'll still be fine. Uh, Judy, Judy is the best route runner in this in this class. I think there's only one other guy. Um, trying to see if I can see him on here. Um, he's on my list, I believe. But there's only one other guy, I think, who's really up there with route running. He's the best route runner. I think he's not as good as, a, like, a jump ball receiver, but he's got good speed. He's got that, like, you know, he's 6'1 or whatever. He's got that weight. He doesn't really have any durability concerns, so. Yeah, his for after his first step, he, like, he's, like, really good. He accelerates down the field. He, like, reaches second gear and then, like, stretches the defense over the top. And, uh... He can easily run by double coverage. I've seen it in my own eyes. He's killing it. I think, uh, yeah, I really like Jerry Judy here. Henry Ruggs, also from Alabama, probably the fastest player in this draft class. Yeah, him or Rigor. I think one of the two are the, are the fastest in the draft. Uh, I think uh, he's also – I think he reminds me more of, like, Sammy Watkins, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Deshaun Jackson. I don't think that. Henry Ruggs is going to be that type of receiver who, like, um, you know, you can force him, like, 10 receptions a game or whatever. But I think he's going to make, like, splash plays every game, potentially, like every other game where, you know, he goes off for, like, that long, like, 70-yard touchdown. Or you can watch him, like, his quickness, like, he can make some crazy plays just off that little lateral, like, agility he has where he – takes a catch and other guys would get tackled but he manages to just get away from a defender because he has that rare like second gear he has that really nice that you know that elusiveness that other players don't have and I don't know that's just something I really like watching so he's probably my favorite target for the Eagles just because we need speed on the outside but honestly I would love the other three guys as well uh same here yeah I, I really like the other guys a lot Okay, uh, well, let's hop into our number four guy, which most people have Justin Jefferson. I think you have T. Higgins, and I also have T. Higgins. Yeah, honestly, I I don't understand why everyone is discrediting T. Higgins. There's a reason he's been looked at as, like, one of the best college wide receivers for the last two years. It's because he's pretty good, man. Yeah, he's really good, in my opinion. Uh, So here's the thing, right? I like initially like late, uh, late last week I had Jefferson over Higgins and I'm like looking more into it. I'm looking more into Higgins stats. I think I told you last night, the tape doesn't lie straight yep. up. The tape doesn't word lie. For word. And, and I think he's just nuts. And I don't believe, uh, I don't believe, Je- I mean, Jefferson's insane too. I think they'll both be good. Um, I t- give Higgins a slight edge. But it's not a big edge that I, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, T. Higgins is the right guy. I think Higgins has 
he has pretty comparable speed to Jefferson. I saw him running past guys multiple times. Uh, he took like a 37-yard reverse all the way to like the t- to for a touchdown against LSU, which has fast players in Grant Delpit and Patrick Queen and all that. Like th- that's pretty, you know, like that's probably one of the best competition you could get in college football. And he ran past those guys. He, people are saying, oh, he's not that fast because of his, his 40 time. I think the 40 time is the most overrated thing of all time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you John agree Ross, on that. John Ross shows that. <laughs> I mean, but, John I mean, Ross should have been, you know, amazing. And granted, it's because he's probably, um, yeah. I, I don't know, what, like, what to think about that. So um, here's the thing with Higgins, right? So I he does have a couple weaknesses. I think his route tree is quite limited. Uh, I think uh, his press release I need some work, and uh, I don't know. I think he needs a little more upper body strength too. To, uh, to sustain maybe some run blocks, looking at some film, but uh, I think some definite like easy strengths that you can easily tell is that he can play at all the receiver spots easily. Uh, he can be used in miss. He can be used to create mismatches pretty well. Uh, I think he uh, has rare instincts once uh, the ball goes up. He's incredible once the ball goes up. The I think he's right up there. Like with, I think he. He probably has the best catch radius in this draft class. I think pure jump ball guys, it's him, Denzel Mims, and C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I agree. He, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he's, very, he's very reliable, I think. In space against zone, uh, he's the man. So I really like, uh, I really like him. See, just, I'm looking at my scouting notes of him right now. He, what I wrote is he has good enough speed. And I would agree with that. Like, like I said, he ran past a lot of guys. He has solid blocking, could work on that. He, I think he's pretty good with the balls and ball in his hands as well. Like he's not going to, like, he's, he's not Henry Ruggs or KJ Hamler type of elusive, but he's pretty physical as in like, you know, he can break a couple tackles if he needs to. And I think his hands are really good. So, and also you mentioned earlier, uh, for me, what puts him over Justin Jefferson for me is he played everywhere and he was successful everywhere. Like, if you look at Justin Jefferson, he's mainly played the slot and that's where he's been successful for his last season. Versus T. Higgins, he lined up everywhere. And that's something I literally wrote down in my notes. He run, he plays everywhere. And that's not something Justin Jefferson does. Yeah. No, I agree. I think if everything goes right with him, he could be like the next A.J. Green. I see that type of uh, comparison with him as well. I think you could make an argument. T. Higgins is up there with that first-tier wide receivers, the top three. In fact, I probably – I think he is. I think he's part of that, like, upper tier. Like, he's right there. Although I, I don't know if teams are valuing him that high, but I think if you really look into it, I, I'm with you. I think he should be up there within the top three. I, in my opinion, I think he actually might be an overall better receiver than even Ruggs. But I think Ruggs is probably – he's the speedster. So, I don't know. But I think, uh, yeah, he's definitely up there within the top three, for sure. Okay, uh, number five, the first time we actually defer. You have – who do you I have? have Justin okay, I have Justin Jones. and I have Denzel Mims. Okay. Yeah. So, you have Mims at six. Mims at five, I have Mims at six, you have Jefferson at six, I have Jefferson at five. So this is not a very big disagreement here. 
I don't – I mean, I think Higgins, Mims, and uh, Jefferson are all really good receivers. I think they're all uh, – we have them around the same area. So, not a big difference there, though. But uh, looking into Justin Jefferson, for me, I think uh, I think he might be slightly better than T. Higgins because uh, he's got that good initial burst off the snap. Uh, his, his catch radius is also insane, too. So, uh, he, his catch radius is probably also up there with one of the best I've seen in the draft. Uh, yeah, like I said, great catching, great catch focus. Uh, he, he leaps uh, he leaps quite high, and his length is there to carry him into the high point. Uh, and I think he's also a good slot blocker, too, to help the run. Uh, and, yeah, I think uh, that's what I like about Justin Jefferson. I think he's got the stats, too. He did well this past year uh, with Joe Burrow at quarterback. He's slippery in space. I think uh, you could definitely – I think he, he might he, – I think he'll be picked before Higgins. That's, that's my prediction. I think he'll get picked before Higgins, but I do think Higgins is the better receiver. I think he'll be – out of Higgins, Mims, and uh, Jefferson, I think Jefferson will get picked first among those three. Okay, so for, I agree with most of your points, actually. I think he's really good with the ball in, the, in his hands. Uh, in space, like you said, he's pretty fast. I don't think he plays that 4-4 speed that he ran at the combine. I think that's more of him, you know, training for a couple months and getting that speed up there. But he's definitely fast enough. I think he – like you said, again, he has, really, he has a pretty good like, impressive catch radius where – he can make some of these really nice contested catches. He has good enough speed. Um, I think his route running could use a little bit of work. He he did run some really good slants. I, that's something I wrote down here. His slants really stood out to me when I was watching his film. Um, but again, my only knock on him is that he plays the slot, and I don't think he. I don't know if he can ever become that true, like you know, wide receiver one. As in, like, like he might put up wide receiver one numbers, but. If I want a guy on the outside, I don't know if he's going to be your guy versus someone like Denzel Mims. Like I said, he has an elite catch radius, elite jump balls to kills. I saw many times in Baylor's quarterback situation. So like they don't have a good quarterback, but Denzel Mims would bail this guy out multiple times with some incredible catches. And I'm like, wow, like that's like remarkable. I think his blocking is really good. And he has good enough speed. Uh, I think he's another guy who benefited a lot from his 40 time. He ran like a 4.38 or whatever. He does not play that 40 time at all. He has good enough speed, but he's not going to like burn past people usually. He might get a step on someone like on a deep ball, maybe two steps, but it's not, and it's nothing crazy. He doesn't have like KJ yeah. Hamler speed. Um, I, think the, I think the weaknesses you're saying I agree with. I think he is probably better off being – Oh, I don't think I see him also as a wide receiver one, but he'd be a damn good wide receiver too. Cause I think you're right. He does only play the slot. And, uh, but I mean, he has all the qualities to play in the slot to be fair. I think uh, he's a really good route runner. Um, uh, he's very experienced. He's got late hands. Yeah. I think he's also overall as a character too. I looked into that too. I did some research on him. Uh, I think he's got the great character and the mindset to be a great asset to a team. That's why I like Justin, Justin Jefferson a lot. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. He's not, he's not, he's not the type of guy to burn people. He's not 
uh, he he's lacking a bit of speed. He did show it in the 40 that he is fast, obviously, but I think the 40 time, like you said, it's pretty irrelevant when it comes to playing in the actual league. Uh, um, unless you're talking about Chris Johnson, who mm-hmm. killed it with his speed. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think he's not a se- big separation type of receiver. I think, uh, yeah, he needs to uh, get more strength. But I think, yeah, I think between him and Mims, I think he's a safe pick because I think he's the – he, he's an easy uh, second wide receiver to ever your wide receiver one on your current team. So, yeah, I, I really like uh, him. And then going on to the next – so I, we didn't talk about Denzel and Mims here. I have Mims later. You have Jefferson later. So uh, Denzel Mims I also like a lot. I think initially I wasn't that high on him. Even when we did the first mock draft, I wasn't, like, super high on him. I don't even have them in my uh, first – 35 picks I'd say I didn't have them even listed uh he wasn't even close to my list but then I was looking more and more into the film I think he has a lot of promise he's the problem with him is he's he's too risky of a pick I think he's like that DK Metcalf type pick I think uh it's big risk big reward in my opinion with uh Denzel Mims he's uh got he's got great size and great speed insane size in my opinion uh he's uh he, he's uh really he's pretty good on the 50 50 throws that the quarterback throws towards him uh i think uh his build-up speed also helps him to bypass uh, any type of coverage that's like stacked i don't know if you saw that in the film too uh mm-hmm. but his weaknesses i think he is he uh he's too t- he's too tall into stems with mo- uh too tall into stems in the aspect of Maybe his burst maybe might bit might get a bit uh might get affected because of his height and uh I think he lacks release quickness too uh and also I've been noticing this a lot in all of his games he does drop the ball a good amount of times I think uh that's quite of a problem and he's easily getting bullied I see that a lot too when he's uh when he's about to attempt to get the catch out I think uh that's a problem with him. And, uh, yeah, his contested catch game isn't, like, the best by any means. So, a couple of minor things, I think. But, yeah, drops – I think drops is probably the major problem that I have with Mims. But I think uh, his positives – I'll put it this way. His his strengths are better than Jefferson's strengths, technically, because he has wide receiver one potential with Mims. And Jefferson's obviously the safer pick, but Jefferson – is only going to be a slot receiver. So, yeah, I think uh, Denzel Mims, I think he'll also be a great receiver. But, yeah, that's where I, that's why I have him at six. I disagree with you on the contested catch thing. Uh, I think he's one of the better, like, jump ball contested catch guys in, the, uh, in this draft. But I pretty much agree with you with everything else. His drops are sort of odd. He has some weird, like, concentration he's not, drops he's almost. Not cons- he's not consistent, though, with his contested catch. He's, like, not consistently, like, outworking his opponents and, like, physical press uh, corners to uh, get the catch out. I don't know. I mean, there, I've seen his cont- – he does have contested catches, obviously, when you see his highlight reel. But I think uh, he, he, I've, he, gets, uh, he gets bullied a lot. That's what I see. But, I mean, yeah, you can go on. Yeah, um, we're pretty much, you know, we have these top six guys are pretty, you know, 
unanimous on this. Just a little bit of discrepancies here and there. Seven through nine, though, uh, you have a Uke, Regor, and Pittman in that order. And I believe I also have those three, a Uke, Regor, and Pittman. So a Uke, uh, Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver from Arizona State, uh, Regor from TCU, and Michael Pittman Jr. from USC. Um, what stands out for each of these guys for you? Uh, so I think so. Rigor has the speed. I I don't believe his forty time. That's insanely fast. If that was his forty time, my God! And if that was his forty time, I think he'd be a lot higher on this on many teams' craft boards, in my honest opinion. Uh, but Rigor, like I said, his speed is uh something to look out for. Um, Pittman. I really like Pittman. I actually have Pittman. I ha, I I earlier had Pittman above Mims, and I had him above Grigor. Uh, I like Pittman because he's he's kind of like a Cortland Sutton. I see that in him. Uh, he's got big. He's got a. He's like the go-to target for whatever team he'll play for. And I think yeah. even in the Broncos, Cortland Sutton's the go-to target there. He's got that. Uh, he's He's got a great size, toughness. Uh, he has great build-up speed. He's also he's probably one of the better uh, contested catch catch uh, makers in this uh, draft. Uh, he'll get it after the run blocker. Um, he's also I don't know if you're looking into special teams when you're analyzing uh, these receivers, but he's also great for special team. I saw a couple of his returns, and he's also great at that as well. And uh, when you're looking at Jalen Rigor, he's a speedster. Um, I think uh, he's got he's got versatility. I think uh, he's pretty. Uh, he's like a slashing running. He's he plays like a. I he plays like a slashy running back. Um, but I think his weaknesses are like his ball skills. I, in general, I don't think his skill game is really there yet. Uh, and he's he doesn't have the type of I don't like his character either. Uh, I've read a lot of articles about him saying that about him and how he has like frustration with the quarterbacks a lot. Uh, and yeah, he needs to maintain focus and finish the routes that that he's planned on uh, running. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Rigor, and then the last player I had on mine was uh, so I had I had Ayuk, the highest out of the three. Ayuk, I think, is a very safe. I think he's actually, he's also a safe pick. He's he's really good too. Uh, he's also a great special teams player as well. I think uh, his comparison. Okay, so I'm looking at a lot of comparisons for these players. A comparison. Woods, which is a great player in the NFL today. Uh, his uh, for Ayuk, he's great. He has long arms. He's a uh, for he's a guy that consistently, when you're watching film, you can tell that he gets the first downs uh, all the time. And uh, his uh, he can easily get off the off man coverage. But uh, his weaknesses that he has is uh, vertical separation. You can see that. And uh, I think he needs to learn how to cre- uh, create catch in space. Uh, think that's where uh Pittman and him uh difference, but I like Rigor a lot. I think 
he's going to do some great things in this league for sure. And yeah, yeah that's so. what I have. That's what I have in my three receivers. Uh, I have Ayuk at seven, Rieger at eight, Pittman at nine. Same thing for me. Um, for Brandon Ayuk, uh, like you said, he's a good special teams guy. I saw him have some pretty good returns. I think he has like really like great speed. Like it's underrated speed. It's not like it's not like Rager fast, but he has like that. You know, he could definitely burn people. I think he one thing that's really important. Um, he catches with his hands, and we're about to talk about another guy uh, you have later than me uh, who doesn't catch with his hands. I think durability and injuries might be a slight concern just because he got he got injured a little bit, but. I think his yak, his yards after catch, is really good. He was lining up everywhere, um, and he's good hands. I think he could work a little yeah. bit on his route tree. I think that's something he really needs to work on. He's pretty, he ran, like, really limited routes, I felt like, at um, Arizona State. And similarly, um, Joe and Ragor, my comparison to him would be someone like OBJ, where he – like, if he reaches his ceiling – and I think he's the most risky out of these three guys, Ayuk, Gregor, and Pittman. Agreed. He, yeah, he, he has really good speed. His quickness is right up there with Henry Ruggs. He was good with the ball in his hands. And he's like, for someone who's like 5'11", 206 pounds or whatever it is, he had some really good jump balls, which is why I, I compare him a little bit to OBJ, where he got up there and he really got – he went over the top of guys who were bigger than him and caught the ball. Um. He has better size. I'm going to compare him uh, to K.J. Hamler, who I have at 10. Um, K.J. Hamler versus him, he has really similar speed to him, uh, but he's like 30 pounds heavier or 20 pounds heavier. He's like two inches taller. He, he has less of those durability concerns. His route running is solid, but he could definitely work on that. And if I think the whole thing with Joan Regar is his route running is – it's good, but he, he could work on it. And he has some really bad concentration drops. If he can get into the league and he has like a really good wide receiver coach, someone like who could coach those drops out of him, work on get you know work on the little nuances of route running, whatever that might be, he could definitely be up there and you could really unlock his potential. I think he has a higher ceiling than Ayuk and Pittman, in my opinion. But it, again, he's riskier than them just a little bit where he had those drops and stuff like that. Like someone like Nelson Aguilar, he had those drop problems his entire career where, you know, he was dropping them his rookie year and he dropped them his fifth year. So like Rigor can, he can definitely frustrate you. He's a risky pick, but I like him. Uh, and then finally, finally finishing off on Michael Pittman. I think we're going to talk about catch radius and like being physical and being a good jump ball receiver a lot in this draft class. Look at Denzel Mims, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, all these guys, C.D. Lamb. There's a lot of like bigger, tall receivers, like six foot two and above. Pittman here is six foot four, around 220 pounds. He, you got lots of these guys who goes up and they just can get the ball, and it's pretty like a pretty good like you know example of what this draft class is. Where in the later rounds you got like guys like Donovan People Jones from Michigan who you can really go up there and grab guys. Um, one really good thing I like about Pittman here is he had like four drops in his entire career. That That's really good for me. He's not really an elite speed guy. He doesn't run a lot of routes. He doesn't have lateral speed. So he's not going to, you know, like burn guys. But 
he could definitely he runs he runs a lot of curls nines and slants and he's good at running those so if you can pretty you know kind of get him into like the mold where he's running those routes to start his career but you're developing all those other routes as he goes I think Pittman could be a really good wide receiver um going into it um let's move on a little bit to our wide receivers, uh, 10 through 15. Uh, we, we can stop at 15, I feel like. I have Hamler, Brian Edwards, LaVisca Chanel, Van Jefferson, uh, Michael's People Jones, and Tyler Johnson. And looking at your list, could you read off your remaining 10 through 15 for me? Yeah, I have LaVisca Chanel at 10, uh, Edwards at 11, uh, Hamler at 12. I have Chase Claypool at 13, uh, Van Jefferson at 14, and I have Colin Johnson. Not Tyler Johnson, but Colin Johnson at 13. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about our unanimous number 11 first, Brian Edwards. I really liked Brian Edwards when I watched him. Um, I think when I was watching his tape, the first thing that stood out to me was it was, had nothing to do with him. It had to do with his quarterback being – complete like garbage this man was overthrowing stuff throwing it to the wrong person continuously it was really frustrating to watch what i liked about brian edwards he's six foot three 212 he's physical he's i he had some pretty good slants from what i saw decent speed um he he was used really interestingly down there um uh, with the gamecocks in south carolina he um he had a lot of jet sweeps and stuff, which I like to see. Like, they were using him in that sort of versatile role. Um, I think one thing that is sort of sus about him, uh, he's he had some injury issues, I believe. I have here he broke his foot uh, while training for the combine. He had a torn meniscus, which ended his senior season. But I think he's going to be one of those guys who probably drops past the 11th wide receiver taken on the board just because – we're in a you know corona type of word world where we can't do those medicals on him. So he's a riskier pick versus his injuries. But I think Brian Edwards, I really like what I saw on film. He was physical. He was he had good enough speed. And I don't know. What are your thoughts about Brian Edwards? So uh, I I agree. His best trait is physicality. I think uh, he's very physical. I think he's. He's also more of, uh, I think, kind of like the Jefferson type where I have him as a big slot target. I don't see him as a wide receiver one by any means. Uh, but he's uh, won a lot of his routes uh, from playing in the middle of the field. And uh, But my problem with uh, him the most is his separation against the, cor- against the back. I have a problem seeing that. I, I don't know if you see that in his film. but he doesn't have the idea like burst or juice to uh, get passed through like different types of coverages, like a stack coverage or like a man to man coverage. I I haven't seen a lot of, a lot of stuff like that, but I think, uh, yeah, I think overall I like, I like Brian Edwards. He's got a lot of promise. I think once he, uh, once he can show up, like maybe his hands, I think he needs to get better at catching period. Uh, but I think his ceiling could be uh, a lot higher once he fixes those minor problems. But, yeah, I really like him, Brian Edwards. Yep. Um, so, number 12, our number 12 and 12 guys are switched. You have Chenault first and then Hamler. I have Hamler, then Chenault. The okay, reason yeah. I have 
Yeah. I have Pamela ahead of him, mainly just because I think he has speed. Uh, Chanel doesn't have that speed. Hamler could have potential to really be like a Tyree Kill type of player where, you know, he's, he's arguably probably the one of the, when I watched in the film, I think, I thought he looked faster than Raygor to me. He looked, I think he might have even been faster than Ruggs. He, he has that elite speed and quickness where he, in space, he's, you know, darting past guys and it's really fun to watch. Um, I think his route running is pretty solid. My only problems with him are he's really light. He's like 5'9", 178 pounds. That's like – there are not many guys in the NFL who, like, survived at that type of weight. And I'm afraid if he puts on weight, he might get, you know, slow down his speed, and that might not be the same type of guy. You're drafting for his speed. Puts on that weight, he might not be as fast. Um, because of that, his blocking is really miserable, and I don't expect him to be a good blocker at all with someone of that type of speed. Um, he wasn't really a jump ball guy. You don't really expect that from him. He Injuries are, are, again, a pretty big concern. I think one thing I really didn't like about him, my biggest problem with him was that he catches with his body a lot versus, you know, catching with your hands. I think in the NFL, there's a good chance lots of those completions he had where they, you know, he caught with his body. Those could end up being incompletions because someone comes in and jars it out. Um, just those little technical aspects. I, however, like, I like him more than LaVisca Chanel just because I felt like LaVisca Chanel was sort of a gadget guy. Um, he has some really nice power. When he runs, he kind of looks like Derrick Henry. But his ball tracking was really bad. His route running wasn't good. His injuries, like, he's, like it's not like the same injury over and over again, but he's consistently getting injured, which is something I don't really like. Um, that being said with Chanel, I think he's a really good gadget guy. Like, he could be like a Cordero Patterson or a Debo Samuel where you're giving him handoffs in the backfield. You're giving him jet sweeps and screens and – he can, he can definitely run past a defender as well. His rack is really good. Uh, he really, you know, he's like kind of like a bowling ball. He bounces off people pretty well. The only reason I have KJ Hamlin better, though, is just because he has that rare speed and Chanel doesn't. Your thoughts? So uh, the thoughts that I have. Okay, so for so I have Chanel higher because uh, the main issue with Chenault was his, is his injuries, in my honest opinion. I think he'd be a lot, actually a lot higher on my list if he wasn't injured. Because I don't see I, – I think his strengths are there. I think uh, – so I was looking at Pro Football Focus, and they're an in-depth, uh, in-depth uh, stat company for football. Uh, I, ha- I, I think he has uh, – elite physical tools that I don't think any other coach could really teach. Uh, he has a lot of promise. That's why I have uh, Chenault so high. He played all three receiver spots at Colorado. Um, he's got sudden hands. I think he's also insane with this 50-50 balls. I think also one of the best receivers for the 50-50 balls. Uh, his, his quickness his quickness is there. His speed might not be there, but he's, in my opinion, I think he's very quick uh, to gather and square to the quick quarterback. Uh, he's got a big frame. That's another positive I like about him. Uh, and I like his uh, versatility that he has to force defenses to spend uh, additional time to really look into him. Because I think he's a unique wide receiver. You're not going to get a guy with that type of frame, with that type of hand, uh, hand-eye coordination, 
uh, when you're seeing the 50-50 balls that he has, it's, it's just insane. But, yeah, I think uh, the weaknesses that Chenault has, I think, is the main thing is his, uh, his injuries. I don't think he, he – in, in the past two seasons, he hasn't played a full season or anywhere close to a full season. Uh, his 2018 season, it wasn't like, – it was strong, but it could have been a lot stronger. Uh, I think uh, his surgeries are another thing, surgeries on the labrum and on the toe. Uh, that's quite, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but, uh, his, his route runnings are very tele telegraphic. You can, you can easily see, uh, where he's going, uh, because of his stride that he puts on, uh, that, I, I think that's a minor problem that can easily be fixed though. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I don't have that many weaknesses for Lavisca Chanel other than mainly his injury. The first three points I made were just based off injury, so I don't I don't necessarily see I can see why people are are that low on him, but I mean I think he's still a top ten receiver. I expect him to get picked in the second round. I'd be shocked if he did not get picked in the second round. And uh, now we're comparing him to KJ Hamler, who you have at ten and I have at twelve. So um, with KJ Hamler, the Penn State guy himself, I think. He's very quick. Uh, he's got that. I mean, in the combine, we did say 40s were irrelevant, but he did have sub 40 speed. Uh, but I mean, his best tape, if you looked at his game against Ohio State, he was like, he shaked uh, the press very well. And he was against now, who's supposed to be probably a top five pick in Jeffrey Okuda. He basically burnt him. I, I, I thought he did really well that game. Uh, he, his run after the catch is very good. Rack, I think, as you said before. Uh, and I think his promise is there because his athleticism is very good. Uh, his route running, I think, will be there as well. But the problem that I have with KJ Hamler is his size. He's only 5'11", I think, as you said. I think he's he needs to work. At, I mean, obviously, you can't work on size because he, he's not tall to begin with. But uh, that's a problem that cause durability issues similar to what Lavisca Chenault had. Uh, so in that aspect, that's quite of a problem. Uh, yeah, physic- he, I don't think he's, he's that physical. I don't think his physicality is there by any means. Uh, and his route, I, I don't like his route tree either. I don't, I don't like, uh, I think it's very uh, one-sided. Uh, but I think... Uh, between the two, I, I, I like the talent that Lavisca Chenault has. I think he's more talented than uh, than KJ Hamler. And KJ Hamler, I think, has the same durability after the, uh, future problems that Chenault could have. Chenault probably is obviously more likely to get hurt but because of his previous injury issues. But I think they both have injury issues. But I think if you were going to take a risk on one over the other, I think I'd prefer Lavisca Chenault on that risk because he's got a big reward if uh, he can fix it. Uh, and his weaknesses are pretty minor considering the major weakness that he has is his durability. And if he fixes that issue, he should be a great receiver in the future. Yep. Um, moving on, I have Van Jefferson at 13. You have him at 14. Um Again, all these receivers we're talking about, these are, like, potentially, like, top 100 picks. Like, these guys could definitely go in the top three rounds. 
which shows you how deep this wide receiver class is. I, I think we've been going about these wide receivers last like half an hour or whatever. These guys are good, man. Yeah, these guys are these guys are really good. I agree. These guys are they're 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 pretty special. This is probably one of the best receiving classes of all time. Yeah. Um. So let's just talk about Van Jefferson really quick. He's from Florida, six foot two, one hundred ninety-seven pounds. I really like his uh, route running. Um, his hands are really good. Like technicality-wise, like technically, he's really good. I like him in space. Um, he my only problems with him were he's not really physical. Um, and he's just he, his first step was sort of slow. But other than that, like I really like what I saw from Van Jefferson um, from Florida. Yeah, I, I, I like Van Jefferson, too. You have him at 13. I have him at 14, basically around the same. Van Jefferson, he's another guy that I think has a lot of promise in the league. But, I mean, yeah, he's uh, versatile. He's, uh, I think, uh, he's above average release. He's got that, too. Um, he gets the ball upfield. Uh, he's great after the catch in general. Uh, but I think his weaknesses that he has are he's he's more he's quite shifty, and shifty can be good. But I think he's he's a bit too shifty, uh, and his production's been all right. I'll be honest; it's not like the best by any means. Yeah, his tape his tape is good though. I'm not gonna lie, but his, uh, it's the production's not really there to as a prospect compared to all these other receivers. Um, and uh, and I have Chase Claypool before him, who I think slightly better than uh, than uh, Van Jefferson. But I mean, I don't know where where you have Chase Claypool, but I I have him at thirteen. Uh, but yeah, um, that's what I think. So right before I jump in, uh, jump into Chase Claypool, Claypool, who I have at sixteen, so outside my top fifteen, um, Jefferson Van Jefferson, he's I think he's the second best runner in this league in this draft behind uh, Jerry Judy. He was like turning around. I saw his film uh, against LSU. I believe it was. Um, I think the guy's name is Byron Stingley, something like that. Stingley. He's a yeah. former, uh, he's going to be a future first round pick. He was turning him around. He, he was running really nice, like sluggos and back shoulder fades and everything on him. Uh, he was really like, this is a really talented guy that he's beating up and, I think Van Jefferson has potential to be a really good guy just solely because like technicality wise, he's so elite that while he might not have like the elite physical measurements, he could make up for that by, you know, just completely turning someone around by just being a good route runner. So um, talking about Chase Claypool, I really dislike Chase Claypool. The only reason I even have him like in my top 20 is because like he has has like good potential sort of like if everything works out but he he does not run his 442 speed or whatever it was he has some drops he doesn't really separate he he was like slow on film man um i just didn't like him at all um what are your thoughts about claypool so the reason i have claypool somewhat high like 13 high is because i think he's pretty strong he's got that he's got the size and length to become very talented receiving league. Uh, I think he's great for blocking as well, and uh, he uses the size to create space uh, from the corners. Uh, that's what. That's the main thing. He has the basic strengths, but he does it well. 
I think uh, his his size is the main strength that he has, and I think I've already told you this, but that that's the only strength that I can really see is his size. But that size that he he uses that size strength probably better than most of the receivers in this draft class. So that's why I have him that high. But his weaknesses, I agree. He's quite. I think the sluggishness is quite. He's not that fast in real in uh, in the tape. You can clearly see that. Um, I think he needs to get better at the uh, in, in his deep balls. I've, I haven't seen a lot of uh, great catches from that. Uh, but yeah, speed. I think I don't. I don't see that speed. But he he did. He was very fast though in the combine with that four four two. I'm surprised that he ran that fast. Uh, if he can be that fast in game, then yeah, I think I think where I have him at thirteen is a fair place to have him. So for my number 14 guy, who I have over Claypool, I have Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan. Um, he was like, I think, a number one wide receiver recruit coming out of high school. His jump ball was really good. Um, I saw, I was looking at his film. He was like really shifty for someone at like 200 pounds, like two, almost 210. He had some really nice hands, some good jump balls. Um, I would prefer him over Claypool just because, when I watch him on film, he has that speed. He has that, like, I think he has a higher ceiling than Claypool. Like, versus, like, Claypool, he looks slow. Donovan Peoples-Jones looks fast. And also, Shea Patterson was the quarterback for uh, Michigan this year, and he was by no means good. I think that really hindered the Michigan offense in general, and Donovan Peoples-Jones did not benefit from that. I think giving him a good quarterback in the pros could be really good for him. Uh, your thoughts about him? I think you have him at 17, I believe. Yeah, he's not in my top 15 only because his separation game is awful. I, I don't I don't see his uh, separation game. His separation game is not the best. Uh, the corners are going to lock him down in the league. I think – but he does have the size. I like the size that he has. He's a big receiver. And his hands, he's very reliable. He's one of the more reliable receivers in the league. But uh, in this draft, I should say. But I think, uh, yeah, I, I, he, his, I don't like uh, how he gets past people. I, I don't see that yet. And also, fun fact, uh, I've looked, I'm looking through my research. Uh, he's never posted a hundred yard game in, in Michigan. Just simple as that. So I don't Fair see, enough. I don't see a very big potential in uh, people's drones. But yeah, his size. I mean, I even have – I still have him in my top 20 because of his size. Uh, and he's got great hands. And uh, he's very – he gets a lot of touchdowns. I like um, I like receivers that get touchdowns, obviously. So, uh, but, yeah, size and – yeah. And his uh, yards after catch is pretty good, too. That's another thing. That I like. Yep. That's what I have. For so, moving on to 15, uh, you have Colin Johnson. I have Tyler Johnson. Um I, I'm going to be honest, I did not get to watching Colin Johnson film, so you can take it away for him. So, Colin Johnson. So, Colin Johnson, I have a 15. I looked at film for him probably for a good amount of time, actually, not going to lie, because he's a no, I've never seen him play, so I wanted to know how he's really like. Uh, so, apparently, he's had a hamstring issue in 2019, so uh, he, he hasn't had a lot of time to play this past year. But other than that, some of the strengths is uh, he, he's got great hands um, to 
and he's also quite physical. I like his physicality, and uh, I like how uh, – so whenever there's a zone playing at him, he's, he's actually quite effective but because of his big frame that he has. Um, and, uh, yeah, Colin Johnson looks – he looks really good also on film. But the problem with Colin Johnson is his speed is quite poor. He didn't run the 40, obviously, in the combine. He only did the bench press at the combine, combine altogether. But uh, his weaknesses that I have, he's not, like, elusive after the catch. Uh, he, needs, he needs to impose his size on opponents. His, his size is not – he doesn't use his size. He's kind of the opposite of what I have for Chase Claypool. Claypool actually uses his size quite well. That's why I'm quite high on Chase Claypool. Colin Johnson, he has the size. He just needs to use it. That's why he has the potential to be that high. So that's why I have him at 15. Okay, so talking about Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, he's six foot one, two hundred six pounds. Um, I just like him like overall. I think he's like a pretty sure-handed wide receiver. I don't think he has like a super high ceiling or anything, but like he's pretty solid at everything he does. He has some nice like physical uh, catches. He has some nice speed, nice yak. Like he's just like a solid like overall like pretty good guy. I believe you put up back-to-back uh, one thousand yard seasons for Minnesota, so that's something you like to see. Um. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about like one sleeper before we move on to our draft storylines? Sleeper. Okay. So the sleeper I have uh, for me is uh, Lynn Bowden. Okay. For out of for the other receivers, Lynn Bowden and uh, Gabriel Davis actually. Gabriel Davis is another receiver to look out for uh, out of UCF. He's a uh, He's getting these thousand yard seasons. I I like Gabriel Davis. I think he's got the potential. Um, my guy is James Prochet from SMU. He's five eleven, a little bit under two hundred pounds. And when I looked at him, I just saw Jarvis Landry. Like he doesn't run that fast. He doesn't really do anything remarkably well. But everything he does do well is like, like he's just like a solid, you know, reliable guy. You can, you can like you know rely on. Um, and he has, like, this really, like, remarkable way of getting open. Like, I can't even explain it to you. Like, he doesn't seem like he runs, like, really great routes, but, like, he does. He's really – he just knows, like, the holes and zone coverage as well. He he just gets open, man. So, he's just, like, my underrated guy where, like, if you get him, like, a good quarterback, eventually he might be putting up, like, those, like, those underrated, like, 1,000-yard seasons. And you're like, oh, there's just a random guy here who who's doing well. But he's, he's my sleeper. Um, Let's go on to our uh, draft storylines. Um, my biggest draft storyline is will Tua t- uh, Tagovailoa drop? Do you think he will? Uh, yes, I think he will. I could – I don't think – okay, so this is a bold prediction. I don't think he can get – he'll get drafted in, inside the top ten. Okay, that's really bold. I think – so you think the Dolphins will – draft Justin Herbert then or not draft a quarterback at all that okay so that's the thing right so I still think in my current estimation I believe they'll still draft Justin Herbert but I could easily see them drafting like an offensive lineman or defensive lineman at four or just at five yeah five at five yeah okay um I think a whole medical issue yeah, the whole medical issue is so interesting to me because reports are coming out that oh, Tua has failed his 
medicals and three teams have taken him off their draft board or whatever it is. And to me, that's like shocking because it goes Burrow, then Tua, and then there's a huge gap before there's anyone else. Um, I don't know if you watch Justin Herbert film, but there's no way in hell I can even think about picking him like in the top five, top 10 or anything like that. Just cause. No, 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 no. Come on. You're not, you can't be that low on him. I'm really low. I think Jordan Love's ceiling is higher than Justin Herbert. And I'd prefer to take that ceiling versus someone who's consistently shown bad footwork, consistently made wrong reads. Like um, if you look at Jordan Love, his past, I mean, Justin Herbert's past season wasn't like amazing by any means, but you should look at his uh, sophomore year. He was, he was killing, he was killing it. I think uh, if here's the thing with Justin Herbert, if he, he declared, not I me, mean, I should say, yeah, sophomore year and junior year, if he um, declared last year for the draft, he would have been the first quarterback to be taken. In my honest opinion, he Probably, he was very, yeah. he was killing it. He was a great prospect altogether. They were. Probably the Giants, I think, were really interested in him, and they would have traded up, traded up to take uh, Justin Herbert at their pick. Um, I, I, I'm quite high on Justin Herbert, actually, quite opposite to you. But the problem with Justin Herbert is his, he's got uh, his. Uh, I'm scared of his uh, drop. I don't, I don't like uh, his uh, downfall. Could be quite low. It could be like Marcus Mariota low. <laughs> his mental processing to me is like idiotic like this man like he his accuracy like my problem like if I'm comparing someone like someone like Jordan Love his ceiling is way higher I think he was slightly more consistent versus someone like jo- um, Herbert like he was consistently misreading defenses consistently missing throws consistently showing bad footwork um, and he played for like all four years I believe and he didn't really improve, like you said. He declined, so that's my big worry with him. Yeah, um, I can, okay, I can see that then. As as kind of as I can see, kind of where you're coming from in that aspect. He did decline, but I think if everything goes well, Carson Wentz. That's him. Simple as yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I'll be dead honest, I had a, kind of similar problems with Wentz because Wentz, when he came out, he came. He also played for a small school. I yep. think. Uh, his experience wasn't there. Herbert, you at least saw, you saw his promise, and it just so happened it didn't translate the the following year. I think that was kind of a similar with even like Sam Darnold uh, in his last year of college as well. He didn't really show off to be how good he was, as good as he was the previous years at USC. Otherwise, Sam Darnold would have been taken definitely above uh, Baker Mayfield. And I think up till like the week of the draft, maybe two weeks before the draft, people had Sam Darnold at one rather than Baker Mayfield. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from with uh, Justin Herbert. But, and yeah, his weaknesses are there. I think uh, he's, I think uh, he struggles to escape pressure. I see that a lot in his game, but I don't know. I saw the same thing with Wentz and Wentz is just fine. So, uh, I hope Justin Herbert just climbs going with whatever team he's going to. But you definitely have Tua, like you definitely did draft Tua over Herbert, though, right? I, I I would, depending on the situation that he has on his medicals. Okay, I, so I can I can only do that also dependent because here's the thing, right? So I really love I really like Tua. I think Tua arguably is better than Joe Burrow even then. 
But the problem with Tua is the injury. And he, even without that hip injury, he's not very durable altogether. Yeah, he's had uh, ankle injuries as well. He's had, he's had ankle injuries. Uh, he's missed games. I, I mean, I'm not, like, super, super crazy about it. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't pick him. I wouldn't pick him if he's if he's failed physicals. I'll put it that way. Okay. Especially yeah. in this time, especially in this time where it's hard to get testing, and you've done a test prior prior to this entire situation, and you know he's failed the physical. That's too big of a risk to take. Because if he does fail the physical, it could be like an NBA draft uh, terms. It could be like drafting Greg Oden, and uh, he just bust because of uh, his medical. And he just never could play because he was never healthy. Yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah. Um. So my second storyline, and it, this is really important for me, it's trades in general. Will will we see as many trades as we normally do in like in the NFL draft? Will trades even happen? Um. Will teams? Will we see teams like trading out of this year's first round picks or what? Uh, like trading out of picks this year because of the whole uncertainty of them not being able to you know, have pro days and all of that, uh, medicals. Will they trade out into future drafts like 2021, 2022? And will you see other teams who think that they're prepared for this year's draft class more than other teams? Will you see those teams potentially trading up and maybe getting, you know, bargain values? Like uh, you're – because teams are going to be willing to trade out. You might be able to trade up for less of a cost. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think that we are going to still see some trades. Regardless, I think uh, – I actually think because of this quarantine, I think we could see more trades than normal. I think this first okay. round is going to be really interesting. I think the Niners are going to trade outside the first – I think they will they – have, they have two picks in the first round. I could see – I can honestly even see both their picks uh, getting – Trading out. Trade, yeah. Trading out, yeah. I uh, could see someone like the Lions, uh, the Giants definitely trading out. Yep, I think the Giants – yeah, I can see the Lions trading down. Uh, I can see the Giants trading down. Uh, although I think the Giants will probably stay with their pick. But I think I can definitely see them trading down. Uh, another team to look out for would be the Chiefs. I just read a recent report. They're where, going after uh, Henry Ruggs. They're gonna, they're, they are going after Henry Ruggs if he drops. I don't know what their definition of drops is, though. If their dr- definition of drop is after the top ten – then I don't think he'll. I don't think they'll be able to trade up for him. But if their definition of drop is the top fifteen, then I think it's definitely possible that they could trade up for him. I don't know if what yeah. you, you feel about that. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see because, like, in all the mock drafts I've had, like uh, I've done, like uh, without trades, I have Jordan Love going really low, like somewhere like um like nineteen to Oakland or whatever. That's not going to happen. Someone's going to trade up for him. Like, we get in every year's draft. We had the Bills doing it for Josh Allen. We had the Cardinals doing it for Josh Rosen. Like, it happens every year where teams I can even get see, a quarterback I, trade up. I'll be dead honest. I would be 100% honest with you. I could even – this could be, like, a very shocking, but I can even see Jordan Love getting picked ahead of Tua. Oh, I could see that happening with the whole medical thing as well, even though I don't agree with it. I think I don't agree with it, but I think it could. I think it could happen. Uh, do I, I? Do I think it will happen? Is a different situation. That's the same thing with even the Justin Herbert situation. Do I think it will happen? I'm not sure. I. I mean, if I we none of us, none of the public really know how bad or how like how Tua is progressing from his injuries. So I think uh, 
only the teams would really know uh, based off the medical report they were given. So, um, yeah, I can only assume. But I think, uh, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Trade-wise, I want to see if, like, a team like um, like your Colts, like my Eagles, someone like that who might think that they're prepared for the draft, they trade up. Like, they're aggressive on the draft board because other teams are willing to drop out. I don't know. I'm really excited for this draft. Like, it's – we've been sitting at home, oh, like, you know, for over a month, no sports for over a month. This is really going to be, like, a national treasure having some sort of sporting event. Yeah. So here's the thing. You talked about the Colts and Eagles trading up. So for the Colts, they don't have a first round pick. They are at 34 Correct. right now. So uh, the Colts, I think if they see a guy like Jordan Love or Justin Herbert following past the top 20, I can see them trading up 100% to get them. No problem. I, I mean, and I know for a fact uh, – their GM Chris Ballard hasn't even ruled out the percent, uh, possibility of drafting a quarterback within the first two rounds of this draft. Uh, if those guys, Jordan Love or Justin Herbert, drop, or even Tua drops, I think uh, easily I can see the Colts uh, trading up together. Uh, yeah. But I think I think the Pats Pats would be crazy not to pick a quarterback though. I would be shocked if they didn't, because I mean Jared Stidham, unless Jared Stidham kills it. Like a like a Dak Prescott with that fourth round pick, Jared Stidham was also there. I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't see I don't see how Jared Stidham is going to translate to being a genuine starting quarterback. Um, I think I would be shocked if they didn't pick a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, I'm interested to see what a team like the Saints do, uh, does. Uh, because just because this is probably going to be Drew Brees' last year. Um, yeah, and they I really think Taysom Hill is the guy, which. I don't know who, why anyone with a sane and fully functioning brain would think that, but, but I want to see if they trade up for him. We've never seen we've never seen Taysom Hill play true quarterback though. We've He's thrown like seven up. passes, bro. Like uh, exactly, we've only seen him throw seven passes. But I mean, hey, he's done well in throwing in the seven passes. I'm not gonna Muhammad lie. Muhammad Sanu but, has thrown more passes than Taysom Hill, <laughs> and exactly. he's a wide receiver. So, like, we can't really say if Taysom Hill is a bad quarterback or a good quarterback, but the Saints must clearly like Taysom Hill as a quarterback in general, then, if they're really valuing him that high. So, they're knowing something that we clearly don't know if they're wanting to keep Taysom Hill that badly. Like, who would have a first-round tender for Taysom Hill? Even if there was a second-round tender, I don't know if I'd have Taysom, if I'd pick, take Taysom Hill for a second-rounder. It's kind of insane. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It, um, I don't, I don't see that value. Yeah. Do you have any other interesting storylines you want to talk about? Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, is there any other interesting storylines? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe something like how many wide receivers go in the like the top hundred picks? Because I think we could easily see like ten guys, fifteen guys go in the top. You know. Yeah, I I agree. 100. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't really have anything else to talk about much, to be honest, dude. You? Uh, I don't either. I can see, oh, maybe the Dolphins trade up for JoJo Burrow. Dude, that would be remarkable. That, that would be, I'm that so would be excited. <laughs> drafts this Thursday. This Thursday. Um, I'm planning on having a mock draft out with you later this week as well. Maybe we'll record it right yeah. after this. We'll see. Um. Anyway, unless you have anything else to say, I think we can yeah, tie things up here. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. It's a really long episode, actually. Well, not that long. I've recorded longer. But um, again, the draft is this week. Pay attention to that because that's going to be really fun to watch. Um, you know, do all the normal stuff, like follow. Maybe if you really like this episode, which I don't know how many people actually watch this episode, but if you did, um, share this to your friends. Do all that fun stuff. Thank you and peace out. Bye.